Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. That's me. Thank you for tuning in today. It's going to be a beautiful day as we've got 70 on tap. You heard me, 70 degrees today. It's going to be so absolutely gorgeous. One of the many reasons we love living in St. George. It's Mayor Thursday, and I've got Mayor. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, we don't have a mayor today. That's okay. We have somebody that's uh, that's pretty close to that. It's a city councilman and new guy, new guy on the block, sort of. Vardell Curtis is with us. Vardell, how are you, man? Hey, good morning. Uh, good to be here, and definitely the new guy on the block. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was thinking about your career, and you've uh, you know you've done a lot of things, but I don't know that you've run for any political office, have you? Before this one, it's never been anything that I really had any significant interest in. I've I've always taken an interest in politics but mostly to ensure that people that um, are of a, of a like mindset are elected. And so I've, I've been engaged in that process of it, but never actually in the service side of it. And this is a new experience. Well, welcome aboard. We're glad you're a member of the uh, St. George City Council. Now, obviously, there was some controversy or controversy, as they say, across the pond uh, with what happened. Uh, I kind of felt bad for you. I felt bad for Rick Erickson as well, but I kind of felt bad for you because you had nothing to do with any of this. You were just kind of a pawn in this weird little controversial game. Both Rick and I, and, and quite frankly, there were others that were all part of that process, and you're right. We were there to learn and experience. And as it turned out, you know, this was not my first, my first chance at coming in second. Um, <laughs> when Councilmember Bocat passed away, there was a similar process mm-hmm. that the city went through. And uh, after the large number of candidates, a couple dozen individuals had put their name in the hat, it came down to me and one other individual. So, uh, as it turns out, Brian Smethurst, who's a great city council member, mm-hmm. was the option, and, and I went home in second place that night. Oh, so you're like, hey, I, I've been here before. It was not new <laughs> for me, and uh, it, it wasn't the end of the world either. I mean, it was. there are plenty of opportunities to serve, and um, if that was not my opportunity at that time, I was okay with that. I had reconciled myself with that, but within 24 hours, then there was determined that Maybe we didn't do it as, as we should have done it. Yeah. Um, and to the city's credit, they owned that decision. And uh, we went back to, the, to exactly the point where things kind of got in the weeds a little bit. It was a correctable error. And as it turns out, the outcome was, was different and in my favor, which I'm grateful for. There, there are a few people who were angry about that. They felt like the system was manipulated, whatever, whatever their argument is. What would you say to them? Because, like I said, you were kind of a, a pawn in the whole thing. Um, I understand the frustration. I really, truly do. And, and in all honesty, the coin toss, that was, that, there had been precedent set in other municipalities in the state. Mm-hmm. So I was... I was willing to go along and accept that as the option, although it never felt quite right. It just seems like a game of chance should not be how we elect right. individuals to serve. Right. And as it turns out, there were a couple of issues where the city didn't quite get it right that first time around. Um, I understand the frustration. I've talked to many of them. In fact, Rick and I have had conversations, not in great detail, but um, it's by the way, this particular opening on the on the city council is just for the end of this year. Right. And so if there are enough individuals that feel like, hey, 
it wasn't done correctly, they'll have an opportunity to vote and voice. Would you, I guess right now, we, we want to get you on record. Are you going to run in November? You know, as I interviewed the, with the city council, both prior to the decision being made and afterwards, they made it abundantly clear in my mind that there's a learning curve. And mm-hmm. our expectation is if we're going to invest in anybody with time and, and resources, our hope is that you will run in November. And I made that commitment to them that I would. So, yes, I am absolutely going to run for re-election. All right. Looking forward to it. That's not that far away, actually. What are we, six months away from, no, eight months away from the election. So. Well, you're right. And the filing date is, is coming up fairly soon. So we'll have a good opportunity to know who our options and opportunities to elect are. Because it's Mayor Thursday, maybe we can spend a few minutes talking about Michelle Randall and, and your relationship with her. She was a city council member. You were there. I mean, the reason you're on the council now is because she uh, got the uh, job now as mayor, at least for the next uh, eight months. Uh, talk about Michelle a little bit and what she brings and what you're seeing so far. I have known Michelle uh, in the neighborhood for a number of years, long before she was even on the city council, long before um you know, any of these other things have come about. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always had a, a tremendous amount of respect for both Tony and Michelle. I just think they're honest, uh, hardworking, and try to do the right thing type of people, which in my mind, that's who I want leading. Yeah. Uh, we have to acknowledge the fact that we are, we're human. We're probably going to make mistakes. Uh, we've made them before, and the high probability that we will again. Um, it was interesting yesterday, Andy. Um, by the way, even though the mayor is not a full-time job, Right. It's a full-time job. It kind of should be uh, officially. I agree. Yeah, if yeah. you're doing it right, you're spending the majority of your time doing something for the city. Yeah. Yesterday afternoon, one of the things that uh, the mayor and myself and um, Councilmember Smithhurst had the opportunity to do was go up to the police uh, training range. I saw some pictures online. Yeah. And um, and Michelle, the, the mayor, to to her credit, said, this is way outside of my comfort zone. And I don't know if it was peer pressure or just the desire to, to experience that. She, she got herself involved and, uh, it was, you know, I was proud of her to see that, you know, if there was a little bit of apprehension, she got over it. And and what Vardell is, is referring to is she actually was shooting some guns yes and, and stuff and i don't know she, had she ever done that before she actually she she confessed to all of us that uh, she had received a, a handgun for christmas it was still in the box <laughs> and um with the encouragement when she received that gift that maybe you need to learn how to, to a little self-protection here yeah. and um but she i think that you know she, she had a history of of experiences around guns and i don't think it was anything that she ever felt super comfortable with but again to her credit there she was Was pulling the trigger was she pretty good did she do all right um i didn't really want to get that close to find out (laughs) (laughs) no i understand i understand she was hitting the target every time oh that's good that's good yeah that's uh I have some people say, well, uh, yeah, I, I'm not very accurate, but I, I do my accuracy by volume. Which, you know, if I shoot enough shots, something's <laughs> got to hit, right? So uh, anyway, we're talking with Vardell Curtis, who is a city councilman now for how long has it been? Uh, a month? Uh, just a little over a month. A little over a month. Uh, 
you know, when we talk to politicians who ran, who ran for an office specifically, you know, and campaigned and all that, they have their little platform of things that they want to accomplish, goals that they have. Because of the way you became a city councilman with this kind of this almost last minute thing and, every, and you know, the vote and, and everything, uh, I don't know. You didn't. I, I wasn't aware of any platforms that you had or goals that you had set as a city councilman. Are there some things that you specifically want to do, Vardell? Well, and as you well know from my background, I've spent the last 25 years uh, serving as the executive officer for the Washington County Board of Realtors. So I've yeah. absolutely taken an interest in how the city grows um, in a responsible way. Uh, I've also spent a little over a year on the planning commission prior to now this appointment. So uh, that gave me that insight in terms of what the kind of the behind the scenes, the, all the turning wheels, what that looks like in terms of city government. Mm -hmm. Um, Other experiences that I've had, I had the the pleasure and opportunity to serve on the hospital's governing board for a period of time. Mm -hmm. uh, And that was a great experience for me. And um, I served on the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, in fact, I served as the chairman of the board there for a period of time. So anything that's related to the economy, that has my interest. Very good. Very good. Now, if you're listening to Vardell and you're thinking, okay, here's a guy in a three-piece suit. He's very buttoned up and very you know, stoic and, and uh, you know, uh, very serious all the time. Uh, people need to know a little more about Vardell Curtis. Uh, Vardell, for instance, uh, until I, I, when did you shave the beard? You had a, a, a nice manly beard until not very long ago. I, uh, up until about the time that my wife suggested that I may be moving into switch point. So that was kind of a, a turning point in my life right there. And along with the beard, he owns a lot of leather clothing because uh, leather goes along with riding a Harley Davidson. Well, and some may suspect that's a midlife crisis, but it happened long before midlife for me. I, in fact, I can remember I used to ride a motor. I, I'm sure there's a statute of limitations on this now, but I used to ride a motorcycle to driver's ed. <laughs> I'd park it about two blocks from the school and then walk the rest of the way. Uh, how'd you explain the helmet? Well, you probably didn't even wear a helmet. but uh, Well, in Idaho, you had to wear a helmet. Here, it's it's not required. But yeah. I also live next door to an ER nurse, a life flight nurse, and every time she sees me, she punches me. So yeah. it's a good reminder. We'll wear a brain bucket, right? Yeah. I understand. I'm a motorcycle guy. I've never owned a Harley, but I've owned several different motorcycles. And right now, I have been told by my doctor I am not allowed on a motorcycle for a while. Well, I, so, I've noticed that your shoes don't match today, so yeah, that would be a problem for you, too. I foot surgery. I can't shift. And uh, you're, Your buddy's with Rick Johnson, right? You know Rick? Yes. And, and Rick had uh, a similar problem with his foot, and he waited too long to get it fixed, and Rick had to have his foot uh, amputated. And so he, he's a Harley guy, too. Uh, I understand. I don't know for sure. This I don't know the whole story, but because I haven't talked to Rick lately, but I, didn't he modify his motorcycle so he could ride it, uh, being having only one full leg? Yep, that was my understanding. And um, there are lots of options. Uh, you know, one of the people that I ride with uh, rides a trike, yeah. and and that absolutely yeah. that absolutely works for him and works for the rest of us. So yeah, now you guys say you you, you go on trips, I guess, almost every weekend, right? Well. Um, the long rides are the ones I really live for. I mean, we've mm-hmm. we've been up into Canada, British Columbia. Nice. Uh, the Canadian Rockies are absolutely spectacular. Sturgis is usually an every other year okay. ride, but that's really more about the ride than it is the destination. When you get into Colorado and some of those mountain passes, it's pretty incredible. 
Now, Cindy's okay with all this, and she's riding on the back the whole time. Is that correct? Well, probably not the whole time. Okay. In fact, uh, her and some of the other wives, if, if, for example, if we were going to North Dakota or South Dakota, that direction, they might actually fly into Rapid City. And you pick her up there. And then we pick her up at okay. the airport. They ride around in the Black Hills for a couple of days, and then they're anxious to get back on the airplane. Now, I, I, because this topic interests me, and the, some of the listeners are like, oh, geez, they're talking about motorcycles. But uh, I, I am relatively, uh, mine would be more like a midlife crisis. I, I owned motorcycles when I was young, and then as I raised my kids for 20 years, didn't have a motorcycle. And then when my kids all started leaving home, my wife allowed me to get a motorcycle again. But one of the things that I found on, on big trips was the saddle soreness. How did you, is there, a, I don't know, is there a secret that I missed out on or to deal with that? Well, the reality is motorcycles today compared to motorcycles even 15 years ago, they're way different. They're designed for comfort. Um, and, and this is probably, you can file this under the too much information part, but <laughs> okay. um, about every 100 miles, I'm looking for a rest stop anyway. Yeah. So the fatigue part does not come into play. Um, I think my longest distance in one day we did 850 miles. Ooh. I think that's how far it was from Billings, Montana, home. That's got to be 11, 12 hours? It was a long day. Yeah. Uh, have you ever taken the uh, the canyon down from Flagstaff down to Sedona? Have you ever di- ridden that? Drive? I have. Incredible, isn't it? It's beautiful. We did that. That was the last ride I did before I sold my motorcycle. And uh, uh, we, I, my wife was actually on the back with a GoPro filming it. And then, of course, we got home and we sped it up for the kids. So it looked like we were going 60 down that twisty can. We, we were only going like 25. But it, It's a beautiful ride. Glacier National Park. I mean, clearly, we're probably getting way off in the weeds and it's just two guys talking now. But <laughs> yeah. Glacier National Park, that highway to the sun, is mm-hmm. unbelievable. Uh, even around Sturgis in the Black Hills, you get in the Needles National Park. It's, it's very cool. Awesome. Talking with Vardell Curtis today uh, here on Mayor Thursday. He's not the mayor, of course, but he is on the city council, newest city councilman, woman, uh, councilman and he took place uh, of the councilwoman, Michelle Randall, who, who is now the uh, mayor of St. George. Vardell, for, uh, thanks for coming on today. I really pr- appreciate you being here. We're not done. I just wanted to make sure and thank you uh, right up front. You do look nice in your white shirt and tie. Uh, honestly, most of the time I've seen you, you've been uh, dressed down a little bit, uh, but you have a day job and, and you got to take care of that business. By the way, I got to know Vardell. Uh, his son was a, uh, can we call him a star, football star for Pineview? He, he had his moments. Mm-hmm. He was good. Tyler, right? Tyler, name? yeah. Pretty good memory. I, I've literally called, we did the math once, like 4,000 games over the past 27 years. And so to remember somebody's name, there had to be something else to stick out. And the fact that I, kn- I know your wife, Cindy, and I've gotten to know you has it's helped me to remember Tyler. How is Tyler? And how old is Tyler, by the way? Um, Tyler is... I'm going to say 31. <laughs> Ooh, so it's been 13 years since he played high school sports. Yeah, and, you know, Andy, as, as much as he loved football, baseball was really kind of where he excelled. In he fact, good, he, yeah. he went on and played a couple of years here at Dixie. Um, mar- ended up marrying the yeah. college athletic director's daughter, which I think was just a coincidence, I'm sure. <laughs> and... Um, He's he's just he's landed on his feet with a great job. That's they've moved him around a little bit. They just recently adopted four, four biological brothers. Four, four all at them. once. Yeah, they had Holy them. In, they had them in foster care for uh-huh. a period of time, and um, 
the the judge says, you know what, this is the home life that they need. So there going. were at the time that they adopt or at the time that they took him into foster care, there were six year old twins, uh, their infant baby brother that was only a couple of months old, and then over time another brother came into the picture. So anyway, uh, instant wow. family, and uh, they're doing well and living in Albuquerque, New Mexico now. Four kids all at once. Yep. Can't even imagine that. We had, we had our, my number two and three boys were 15 months apart, and that was a challenge. I have uh, twin grandchildren. That's a challenge, but four all at once. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we wish Tyler the best. Thank you. Uh, Vardell, let's talk a little bit more about, about city council. What have you learned so far in just a month worth of city councils? What, what, is, what has surprised you, and maybe what are some of the things you kind of expected? You know, Andy, it's interesting to me that sometimes you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> That's true. And and having served on the planning commission for a year, I thought this was going to be relatively straightforward and easy. Yeah. And I could not have been more wrong in my belief. Really? Now, the planning commission was a great, great uh, training ground in terms of, of learning a little bit more about city government. I am, I think I am personally on six or seven different committees now um, that, you know, for most of us as citizens, I don't, I think we just, when we go and turn the tap, we expect water to come out and then we're happy. I don't think we understand fully what goes on behind the scenes. And um, there's a tremendous amount. I spent yesterday at noon uh, with some developers that are looking at that commercial center where the old Kmart building used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, some pretty amazing plans if they come to fruition for that. Oh, cool. I, but you I told, can't tell us what, though. Um, only because I don't know everything. Oh, I just okay. saw the, the, concept, the concept and the plans, but there's just there's so many things still left to fall into place. A lot of moving parts, yeah. Um, I spent an afternoon one day with all the Parks and Leisure Services folks, just having them drive me around the community, showing me all the different parks that we have and and the operation and maintenance, you know, it's one thing to plan, but then you got to take care of it. And the tremendous amount of effort for infrastructure and, and just planning. Um, had my first experience with the, the, um, the individuals that govern the um, – drawn a blank here. Anyway, had to do a – Youth council? Or no, no, tra- trash. There was a lot of trash oh, talk oh, going okay. on. <laughs> a solid waste, thank you. Yeah, and um, learning about the tremendous amount of, of effort that went into the recycling project and, you know, the things, the lessons learned there. And um, Shade Tree, I, I sat in on a, one of their committees. Anyway, what, the point is there's just so much going on. And that's just one city council member. Yeah. All the others have five or six or more committees that they're appointed to serve on as well. So a lot of, a lot of moving parts and pieces and, you know, um, I guess I never realized the extent that the city manager, the city attorney, and all the department heads play into this. The, the police, I mean, everything is just so coordinated. And when it's not, it it really is a problem. Has it been more difficult to balance your, your regular professional life with this because there's so much? No, no question about that. And... Um, in fact, my my best guess is that my staff are probably listening today, and I got to give them all the credit for their for the ability that I have to go and do these other things. And I have a tremendous board of directors too. And I 
I had a conversation with them prior to even putting my name in the hat saying, I don't know what this is going to involve exactly, but it's probably if I'm doing it and doing it to the best of my ability, going to take time away from my office Mm -hmm. and to a person on my governing board, they said, yes, please do it. So here I am. That, that is awesome. We're going to talk in a few minutes uh, more about your day job. Uh, it's hard to believe, actually, when I say that, that we're, we're talking about all the stuff you do with city council, and it's supposedly a part-time job that you do as a hobby in your spare time, Vardell, because yeah. uh, is, is, is a motorcycle, uh, you're going to suffer a little bit motorcycle trips, you're going to have to cut back on those a bit, maybe, or I hate um, to say that. Well, I hate to hear you say that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I don't think so. I think that it's like anything else in life. If if you plan and prioritize, you can figure out a way to make those things work. And I plan on doing that. Well, there's on, only so many minutes in a day, that's for sure. And so, like you said, I think but planning, yes. But the other one, I, maybe more importantly, prioritizing. you got to figure out what's most important to you and and uh, put it in the right line. I've seen that a lot in my life. You probably have too, Vardell, where people say, oh, they're into that. And, and what, when, I, when I say they're into that, that means they, they prioritize it. It's important to them, whether it's base. I mean, you, you, these baseball fans, are, you know, baseball parents especially are incredible because it could be 20 degrees and snowing or it could be 98 and sweating, and, and they've got to be prepared for every scenario as they uh, watch their kids go through the program. And you did that. I, I did that, and I loved every minute of it regardless of the weather or the conditions or the the outcome of the game. Yeah, very cool. Tyler Tyler uh, played for Dixie State, played for Pineview High School. Correct. And uh, now he's, uh, what would you say he was doing? What's his job? He, he works for a company out of California called Brand Construction, and he's a CFO for them, Ooh. which is interesting because here's a kid that I don't think ever could balance a checkbook. <laughs> and now he's balancing a corporation. And now he's running a corporation. Yep. <laughs> All right. We're talking with Vardell Curtis. Got to get a timeout in. We'll uh, get to check on the weather. We'll have more with uh, Vardell on Mayor Thursday coming up after this a quick break. Welcome back to the program. It's 9.33 on KDXU. If you'd like to call and be a part of the show, I'd love to hear from you. 673-5890. We're talking with Vardell Curtis and the new city councilman for St. George City. Uh, you can text me. Text line is 435-467-5842. Or you can email me, agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. Uh, some people don't really want to talk on the radio, so they'll they'll give me an email or a text, and that's fine, too. We'd love to hear from them. Uh, Vardell, again, uh, thanks for coming on the program today. It's good to talk to you, man. It's good to be here, and i, I got to tell you, um, I am a avid, everyday listener to the program. Oh, sweet. And um, I've, I've, I actually I learn a lot, and that's why I listen. That it's not without some entertainment value, <laughs> but uh, I think the day you stop listening is the day you stop learning. So I appreciate you and, and, and the service you provide for our community. Thank you, Vardell. We try to have a, a lot of, we have some regular guests like mayors, and then we have a, a lot of very guests with different opinions about certain things. Um, right off the top, uh, this is a question uh, that I get from listeners all the time. I don't have one yet today, but it's coming. Is uh, the Dixie name. Uh, how do you feel about the university, the board of trustees saying, let's take the Dixie name away from the university? So let, let, me, uh, let me respond by saying, number one, I am not the public information officer for the city of St. George. I'm not the mayor. I'm not the city council. I'm, I am an individual with a with an opinion. Sure. And, um, personally I like Dixie just fine. Yeah. And, um, my, my historical background, uh, I went to 
to two years to Rick's College, which is now sure. BYU-Idaho. Yeah. But it's Rick's College. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, traditions are, are important to me, and I'm not offended. Thank so you. I like it. Very well said. Uh Rick's College, by the way, we were doing radio for Dixie, and Rick's was a rival of Dixie Junior College back in the uh, about mid-90s, maybe late 90s, that uh, the church came out and said Rick's will no longer carry intercollegiate athletics, and uh, they will change their name of the school. And uh, there were some people, I wouldn't say they were mad, but there were a lot of people that were stunned. Uh, including coaches of their programs there, you know, and, and including Ron Hahn and, and company that were, just couldn't believe that was that was being taken away. You were probably, you know, as as a Rick's alum, you were probably pretty stunned yourself. I um, stun stuns a good word. Yeah. Disappointed is a, a good word. Uh, maybe even mad a little bit. Yeah. But um, interestingly enough, or at least it's interesting to me when. I was first introduced to St. George. It was as a college athlete. Rick's College had come to town Mm -hmm. to play Dixie Junior College in baseball. And our bus unloaded us at the Sun Bowl. We went down into the Sun Bowl to warm up before we walked up to Elks Field for that doubleheader game. And I can remember to this day, in the, the Sun Bowl back then had a grass infield. And I thought, what kind of cowboys have to land in the grass? You know, I was used to mud and dirt and whatever. <laughs> but uh, it, that was my first experience in St. George. And um, here I am today. And I've had opportunities to be somewhere else over the life of my career. This is where we chose to be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Same, same deal. Opportunities. Uh, uh, people have come knocking and said, hey, you want to come to Salt Lake or Denver or Seattle or whatever? And I'm like, mm, nah, I'll, I'll stay here. Yeah. Thanks anyway. There's a lot of people that would love to have our jobs. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, and, and love to live where we live and, and hang out in this incredible town that, that we live in. Uh, Vardell, um, before we get to your day job, uh, that, that actually brings up, up one of the, the issues that keeps coming up on this show, the, the tremendous growth that we're experiencing and you as a, as a realtor and, and, and you know, the CEO of the of realty board, but also now as a city councilman, uh, it's got to be something that you're hyper aware of and you're probably you maybe lose a little bit of sleep about it sometimes realizing what's happening in this town right now. Yeah. And, and just a point of clarification, I'm, I'm actually not a licensed agent. Okay. okay. Um, but I have, uh, in our, in our local board, we provide services to over 2000 of them. So there's lots and lots of individuals that probably do have sleepless nights because this is their career. It's not a hobby. It's, it's not something they just do for fun or practice. And, um, our economy, whether we understand it or believe it or not, is tied pretty strongly to growth and development and whether it's new construction or resale or whatever it is. So, yeah, I am, I'm keenly aware of it. Um, I listened to a, a small portion of your program just before I was had the opportunity to come in here today. Yeah. And those, those guys are practitioners. They're in the trenches every single day yeah. and it's highly competitive. I, I, I personally, Andy, I don't think I could ever be that guy. That's a commissioned salesperson. Too stressful. I, it would be, it would just, you know, I don't, I've already lost all my hair, but I, <laughs> it would be a problem for me. And, and I see it as being a problem and it's not, it's not unique to Washington County, by the way. Uh, this is a phenomenon that's happening throughout our country. Yeah. Uh, inventory is, I've never seen it this low, ever. 
And yet there's new product coming online if you've taken a drive out by Desert Color or Desert Canyons or even just uh, right close to us here at Devario. There's some major, major projects that are coming online. So then the, that begs the question, well, okay, we're going to have more inventory. What's infrastructure? What are we doing for natural resources? What about traffic? What about water? What about air pollution? All these different things that factor in, including, you know, higher crime rates. And these are all issues that city councils have to deal with. Yeah, that's your job. Yep. Yep. Are, are you... Uh, are you seeing things change now? I mean, obviously they're changing, but are things starting to get where we're getting to be a bigger city? I mean, I know you've only been at it a month, but are there, are there some things coming up that you're, you're, you know, maybe your cohorts are going, wow, this is new. Um, I, and, and you're right. I've only been doing the city council thing for a month, but I've been a resident for, um, no. I think I moved to St. George in 1990. I was the first manager of the Red Cliffs Mall. That's what brought me to town. And so, yeah, we've seen the evolution of our community uh, continue to move forward. And um, I I think that we're expanding and exploring new ways to do old, old things. For example, Hmm. um, I look at the, 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 the building department for the city of St. George they have had to evolve technology-wise in order to accommodate more demand, shorter time frames. There's just a lot of things that that have to happen in order to keep things moving forward. Can can government keep up at this point? I mean, we've got a part-time mayor, you've got part-time city councilman, and yet we're growing leaps and bounds. It doesn't seem like to me it's going to be very long where we need a full-time mayor and maybe full-time council people. You know, I... I, I suspect that day's probably coming. Yeah. I hope it never does. Yeah. I love the fact that we're able to have that small town feel and yet still be able to maintain and manage the things that we need to do. Uh, I think you'll see some things coming forward, and, and it's not anything that's actually planned and, and uh, designed to happen, but infrastructure, even if city government needs to be streamlined, needs to be improved, needs to be updated, and... Um, uh, I think there's opportunities right now where we could hire, for example, we could hire more people for the building department, the plan review, the the inspectors, whatever the, that case may be, but there's no place to put them. There's no room. Yeah, yeah. That, that's growing pains right there. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, we're talking with Vardell Curtis, new city council member for St. George City, and uh, Vardell is a Harley-Davidson guy. He's uh, also the CEO of the uh, Washington County Board of Realtors. Let's talk a little bit about that job. How long have you been doing that? Uh, Interestingly enough, Andy, I am the longest tenured realtor executive in the state of Utah. Really? Um, Like I said earlier, I I moved here in 1990. I managed the Red Cliffs Mall for six years. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of those opportunities came along that said, hey, we would like you to relocate. I'd already moved with the company a couple of times from Boise to Pocatello to Rock Springs, Wyoming, Mm. and then finally St. George. And when the opportunity came to move again back to Salt Lake, I told them I don't think that's anything that I have an interest in. And Mm. so in 1996, uh, the Board of Realtors had this uh, executive officer position open up. I applied and uh, they extended the offer to me, and I've been there. It'll be 25 years in May. Wow. That's the longest I've had a job, by the way, Andy. <laughs> well, you, you managed to, You didn't get fired, I guess. Is it, Correct. If you were in radio, you'd have been fired I'd, three or four times. I would get bored. I would get 
uh, anxious to do something different. And um, that's just not the case with this particular job. It changes almost daily. Will you explain what it is you guys do then there at the Board of Realtors? Absolutely. So we're a trade association. We're very similar to the Southern Utah Home Builders Association, the Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our members pay annual dues to join and participate. And in exchange for their dues, we'll provide things like the continuing education that they need to keep their license with the state of Utah active. Uh, Probably the number one thing that we provide is the multiple listing service, which is where an agent can go and search available properties. Mm -hmm. It also helps them if they're going out to list a property for sale to help them determine what fair market value would be for that home that's going to be sold, which, by the way, that is an incredibly moving target right now. Yes, it is. And Comps, so, comps I guess, right? Is that yep, yep, comps? that's it. Yeah. You, you know the lingo. <laughs> and so, um, for example, today at noon, we have a monthly board luncheon, and today's luncheon is going to feature the Washington County School District. So okay. Superintendent Bergeson will be there with some of his staff, and we'll learn more about what's happening with the school district and what plans they may have because that's important for the for the real estate professional to understand. We've had people from the hospital come. We've had people from parks and recs come just to tell us what's going on. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's an educational tool that we try to provide, but I think the MLS is, is our key. Where's, do you have an office here in town? Where's your office? My office is out in the Tonequin Business Center. So I'm in the... The Huntsman Senior Games is at one end of my building, and I, my office is at the opposite end. Um, we've been there about 15 years now. We built that building and designed it specifically for our needs, and it served us well. When something happens like what's happening right now where there's, I think Jeremy said there's 187 houses available in, in all of Washington County, which is like like one-eighth of what really should be available or what is normally available. Uh, do you guys, as, as the, you know, the support group for all these realtors, is there something that you should be or are doing for them? Because you can't sell a house if there aren't any. Right, right. No, so, so I guess our part of that equation is we try to help educate the community as to, is this a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell? Sure. So we'll do some very generic uh, types of, of promotional activities. But at the end of the day, those agents, even though they may be with ABC brokerage or XYZ brokerage, they are independent contractors and they are in control of their own destiny. And so they have to market and promote themselves and, and not only the properties that they list, but also the properties that they sell. So really our, our job is more to make sure they have the tools that they need to then go out and do the jobs that they need to be able to do to be successful. And you, and you talked about it. it uh, having a job that pays your paycheck depends on whether or not you sell something. It's got to be incredibly stressful. So they need your help, I'm sure, Ardell. Well, and, and the crazy thing, too, is that real estate is a very cyclical type of an industry where it can be feast or famine. Mm-hmm. And the ones that have been around the longest, and they're, I, you know, I've got agents that have been doing this 40, 50 or more years They've been on that boom and bust cycle many times, and they know when, when it's tough sledding, that's the time they better be putting a little something away in the bank. Yeah. And uh, because that rainy day, it's going to happen. It's going to happen.
Kevin Wilkinson, by the way, uh, helped me get my last house. So Kevin's been around a long time. Well, you know, that's what I say. When you said there was a guy been just selling houses here a long time, like I think Kevin's one of them. Yep. So uh, anyway, all right, Vardell, got to get another commercial break in. We've only got about ten minutes left. So we'll take some phone calls too when we come back at six seven three five eight nine zero. We're talking Vardell, Mayor Thursday. He's not a mayor, but he's a new city councilman, and he took the place of our uh, mayor. So uh, we'll have more with Vardell in just a moment. Right now, I do want to thank Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a loan consultant. His specialty is well taking care of you, customer service. Uh, Joe Shoney can help you with any kind of loan, whether it's a home, uh, uh, you know, an FHA, a VA, maybe a, just a, a refi or home equity line. Whatever, whatever you might need, Joe Shoney can help you out. And, again, his specialty is, is making sure that you're really kept in the loop when it comes all the way through the loan uh, process. Joe Shoney's phone number is 435-590-6300. An astonishing, out of 510 reviews online, an astonished four, astonishing 4.96 out of 5 stars with his reviews. He's Joe Shoney. Uh, we'll be right back. More with Vardell Curtis and your phone calls after this. Got about 10 minutes left, folks. Love to hear your phone call. 673-5890 is the phone number. I'm here with Vardell Curtis, who's a city councilman now for about a month with St. George City. Not a career politician. In fact, this is a... What are you, Vardell? You're probably about 45, right? <laughs> you maybe need to get an optometrist for your <laughs> one of your sponsors. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, anyway, you're, you're a little, little bit older than that, but... Uh, the first time really holding public office, not counting the planning and zoning uh, deal. Um, do you like the idea of this? When you're thinking about that election coming up in no- November, does it? I mean, because we were joking around about you know having to live off of commission, and running for an office is kind of like that. You've got to win the approval of you know the public or this or you know the the customer uh, in order to get reelected. You know, I think probably what intimidates me the most. Um, and it's not that I'm a super humble guy, but to, to have to stand in front of either a, a debate forum or, or whatever the case may be and talk about yourself, yeah. I think is extremely challenging. Just it's difficult. And yet that's exactly what people need to hear. You they need to, to know yeah. what your qualifications are, why I should vote for you. And so that part's going to be, it's going to be awkward for me. I got to MC a couple of them uh, last year or two years ago, whenever it was. Uh, I was the moderator, so all I had to do was be the smart guy and ask, read questions and stuff uh, for you for for those that were running for office. Uh, some of them squirmed. Some of them were, you know, I, I, you have three minutes. They're like, I don't think I can fill three minutes, you know. So, uh, but but for the most, I mean, you know, honestly, most of them did good, and they did what you, you were just saying. You kind of have to tell people what you're about. And then they can decide whether or not they want to vote for you. So. Well, and I, I think there will, and it may even happen today while we're together, but there may be questions that you don't know the answer to. And then you just honestly have to say, I don't know. But if it's important to you, it's important to me. I'll find out. Okay. Uh, phone number. In, let's ask some of those hard questions. 673-5890. Uh, you can text if you don't feel comfortable talking on the air to 467 467- uh, 5842, that's a 435 area code, 467-5842. Let's go to the phone line. Hey, thanks for calling today. You're on with Andy and with uh, Councilman Vardell Curtis. You bet. Good morning. Morning. Um, I heard you say you would not, you're not offended by the name of Dixie, but would you fight to keep from changing the name of Dixie? Fair question, and I will tell you that uh, I have, in fact, participated. Uh, I was down at the, the, very, the last rally that was held at the clock tower um 
stood next to Sherry Atkin, visited with Eileen Hacker afterwards. And um, yes, absolutely, I am. Not only is there no shame in the name, but I'm willing to take a stand. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for the call, 673-5890, if you want to call and uh, get Vardell's thoughts on a couple of other things. Uh, earlier this, well, no, it was last year, uh, John Pike, great guy, really liked John Pike, uh, but he got he got a, a picture taken with him holding a sign. It, it was a BLM sign. It said, white silence equals black death. You can offer your own opinion later, folks, on that. But bottom line is he, he held the sign, and I had him on air that very next Thursday, and I said, John, uh, was that a mistake? And he said, no, I stand by it. And he got vilified pretty well. <laughs> there were a lot of listeners very angry with, with John Pike. Uh, it, it's a tense time right now in America, and a little bit is, is kind of flinted off into St. George as well. How, is there something that you need to do, or is this something you really want to just stay out of or, or when it comes to those kinds of things, Vardell? You know, that, speaking of hard questions, Andy. Um, <laughs> Sorry I, about that. No, no, it's a fair question. It's a valid question. For me personally, I would not have... I, I don't think I would have even been there yeah. to allow that to happen, okay. but I'm not the mayor. And, and maybe there's expectations that the mayor is going to at least try to to be some sort of an advocate. Me personally, um, that that's not who I am. I wouldn't have even been there. Uh, you know, the uh, our chief of police, who I have just absolutely amazing respect for, too, yeah. uh, a whole new respect learned yesterday watching how the, the, the amount of training that was going on. But I think he also took some, got roughed up a little bit for um, the events of that afternoon and evening. So, you know, am I going to judge them? No. Would I have done it? Same answer. No. Okay. Um, last, maybe even two years ago, there were some signs put up for a, a, a well, I guess if you have an event coming up, the city will allow you to, I think they pay and put some signs up along uh, the boulevard or, or wherever the signs might be. Uh, there were some people that took exception to uh, a couple of the signs that were put up. Uh, how does the city council address that, and how would you address that if someone said, hey, I'm from uh, you know Nazis for white people and wanted to put a sign up in your town? My, my personal opinion is this, and again, not speaking for the city, speaking for Vardell Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have community standards, and I think that for the most part, our job is to defend and protect those community standards. If it was offensive, if it was threatening in any way, then I think we have a duty to say, no, we are not going to do that. So um, I'm, I'm not 100% familiar with the signs that you're referring to. Well, they, but, had, they had rainbows on them. Just to Okay. A, a, All right. And that was the direction I thought you were headed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the community. Okay. Um is it is that the kind of thing that needs to be taken on, on? I mean, should there be a policy in place, period, that you follow, you know, you adhere to strictly? Or is that a thing that should be taken on a case-by-case basis? I think as soon as you do case-by-case, then you find yourself not being consistent in, in the decisions that you make. I would much rather have a policy that can be followed and adhered to and and enforced as opposed to saying, well okay, yeah, we did that last time, but this is not exactly like that, so now we're going to do something slightly different. I just think that's that's a, a rabbit hole I would not want to go down. 
Yeah, that, you got to be careful. <laughs> Everyone gets their own day in court, I suppose. But at, at a certain point, you just have to point to the law or the policy. And and you know what? Everybody's got a, a good story to tell, sure. and they're passionate, and um, they want what they want when they want it, and they believe in it. And it's just much easier if we can be consistently um, making those types of decisions. Do you have now? Uh, you have eight months until the election. Uh, you have uh, at least a little while to get you know your feet wet, so to speak. Uh, you're a month into it now. Are there some specific things that Vardell Curtis wants to accomplish in the next eight months? Well, job one is don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to give people a reason to vote for me, not a reason to vote against me. Sure. So, so my job is just do the best that I can, learn as much as I can, and just be as genuine and real as I can and um, admit that I'm human and I, I may make mistakes, but they'll be unintentional and I will always, always, always have the city's best interest in mind in any decision that I make. And by the way, interestingly enough, on the city council, when I was doing my three-minute presentation of why me, yeah. I made the comment, and I'll stand by this, I said that I will not be, I don't think I used the word rubber stamp, but the point I was trying to make is, There'll be things as a city council we may not agree on. Mm -hmm. And if my opinion is contrary to anyone else's on the council, um, once that vote is taken, I will defend that decision regardless of whether or not it was my personal belief. And I think that's important. Otherwise, I think we, I think the integrity of the, of the entire system is at jeopardy. Down to the last couple of minutes, I wanted to ask you about COVID. On April 10th, the mask mandate is lifted by the governor. Uh, he's already said he's going to stand by that. It's, it's going to happen. Uh, we've been a little more lax here in St. George, but uh, do you see that uh, having an effect here in St. George, or are we already ahead of that curve? Well, you know, that's such a personal uh, opinion. I, I have never been a fan of the mask, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't wear it for me personally. But if I walk into a business or an establishment, or like today when I came into the studio, it's posted on the door, masks are required. Yeah. Uh, and so I think as a duty to the community, um, I, that's why I do it. Um, come April 10th, if the mask mandate is, um, is somehow um, removed, I'm going to be the first guy to take my mask off. <laughs> but I will always be respectful of those around me. And to be clear, folks, the state mask mandate will be lifted April 10th, but private businesses will still have the option to have a mask mandate in their business. And, uh, you know, if you go to a store and they have the mandate, uh, you can either not shop there or you can put a mask on. That's, that's and I think one of your news reports this morning was a local grocery store, well, not a local, a statewide grocery store that has said we will still expect and require our customers to wear a mask if they're going to shop here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know I got accosted by them at, at one point, but we won't name any names. But, uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, we're out of time. Vardell, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really I, – I, I was happy to catch up with you because you and I, we, we actually were pretty good friends way back when, and it's been, what, a, a 15 years, 13 years or something since we talked much. Easily that long, and thank you for being uh, consistent in your invitation. Vardell Curdy, I was persistent for sure. Thanks, Vardell. It's 959 on KDXU. Open line Friday tomorrow. Look forward to it.